We just finished up celebrating Thanksgiving. We have Christmas to look forward to. And as we look back on Thanksgiving, you ever find yourself in this place? Satan will come to you and he'll whisper in your ear, look at your circumstances. You think God loves you? Would a God of love allow this to happen to you? Pretty soon you find yourself questioning God's care and the fact that God does love you and that he does look out for your eternal benefit. Remember, that's a lie from Satan that God doesn't love you. He loves you and he's always looking out for your eternal benefit. Look at reasons to be thankful, even when we don't feel like it. A reason to express gratitude when we don't feel thankful. That's next on Graceful Truth with Pastor Steve Converse. The Ministry of Grace Bible Church in Redwood City. This is Graceful Truth with our teacher and pastor, Steve Converse. We greet you in Christ and welcome you to today's broadcast. Our time together today returns us to Luke 17, verses 11 through 19. We'll also take a look at Psalms, Colossians, Hebrews. It's all part of our message simply entitled, Give Thanks to the Lord for He is Good. Now, to give thanks to God, we must first realize that as Christians, God is in control of all circumstances that surround my life, even though Satan would try to tell us otherwise. We also need to realize that God loves me, and He always is looking out for our eternal benefits. And we also need to realize that God is wiser than we are. These are points that we'll explore in depth here today. So make it a point to join us again here in Luke 17, among other passages of Scripture, as we take one final look at our message, Give Thanks to the Lord for He is Good, a quick reminder of what it is we just celebrated this past Thursday. Here's Pastor Steve Converse now with today's broadcast of Graceful Truth from Grace Bible Church in Redwood City. be just as definite in returning thanks as we are in requesting help. Philippians 4, 6 says, be anxious for nothing, but in everything, right? Everything, give thanks. We should give thanks even when we're in the midst of hard time. A lot of us like to read the Psalms, Psalms of David. You go through there and you read them and you know, they just speak to our hearts. They're encouraging, they're uplifting. I read one this morning. But sometimes we don't understand that there's kind of a backdrop to these Psalms. Sometimes, you know, David was in the midst of some situations that were very unpleasant. Even this morning, we read Psalm 63, verses 3 and 4. says, Because thy loving kindness is better than life, my lips shall praise thee. Thus will I bless thee. I will lift up my hands to your name. You know what he was doing when he wrote those words? I mean, you almost picture him out, you know, kind of on the beach, sunny afternoon, you know. Oh, gee, God's so good. Thy loving kindness is better than life. Give me another great, please. My lips shall praise thee. Thus will I bless thee. I will lift up my hands unto your name. You know, David was running from his son, Absalom, who was trying to basically take over his kingdom. So here's David being betrayed by one of his sons, by his son, and and in his deep personal anguish, running as an old man constantly looking over his shoulder. He sits down and he writes, Because of thy loving kindness, it's better than life. My lips shall praise thee. Thus will I bless thee. I will lift up my hands to thy name. See, it's easy for us to give thanks when we perceive everything is good, right? I mean, it's easy to give thanks when we come home. Honey, I got a raise. 
Oh, praise God. It's easy to, to praise God when, you, when you, you're meeting new friends. It's easy to praise God when you go to the doctor and he gives you the A-OK. Everything's fine. No problems there. Praise God. Great health. What I found, though, it's not so easy when we are perceiving bad things in our life. When we go to work and it's our last day, <laughs> unbeknownst to us. When we don't have new friends, we don't have any friends. We're lonely, losing friends. We're having poor health. See, it's not so easy to give thanks for God during those times. But you know what? I, I've kind of seen this over the years, and it's kind of an interesting thing. It's not always clear what the bad thing is and what the good thing is in this life. It's not always clear. We can't always tell what, what's the good thing from the bad thing. I mean, I've known certain people who, at the time, I thought they were blessed. They thought they were blessed. Incredible success. Money coming out their ears. Not a, not a care in the world. And in the end, it destroys them. It destroys them. But it's perceived as something good. And on the other end of the spectrum, I've met people who have had very, very hard times, major hardship. They've lamented over these horrible things in their life, one thing after the other. But they're able, over the, the passing of time, as time goes by, they look back on those things and they say, you know what? I thought it was a bad thing when that happened to me, when I got this disease, when this happened, when I lost that job, when you can go on and on. But you know what? Now I look back, it was actually a good thing. <laughs> God somehow took that bad thing and made it good. That's what our God does. Because God is a God in his sovereign wisdom. He has a way of working all these things together. The things that we even perceive as bad things. He makes them work together for good. Romans 8.28 says, And we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good. For those who are called according to his purpose. Doesn't say he just works all the good things. You know, I wouldn't sit down necessarily and drink a glass of vegetable oil or eat a bowl of flour. But you know what? When you put all those ingredients together and you mix them properly and you put them in a very, very hot oven for a period of time, man, you can't believe what comes. See, and that's what God does. In the same way, God takes all these events in our lives, the good, the bad, some say, and the ugly, but they take all the events in our lives and he puts them in the oven of adversity. And when it's all done, we sit back and we go, wow, I never would have thought this would have come out of all this, what I perceived to be bad. That's what God does for us. Just some closing thoughts before we have our communion time. You know, when we give thanks to God, when we give thanks to God, first of all, we have to realize that as Christians, as people who have put our faith, our trust in Christ, God is in control of all circumstances that surround our life. To give thanks to God, we must first realize that as a Christian, God is in control of all circumstances that surround my life. That's Romans eight twenty eight. God works all these things together for his good and his sovereign will. good example of that is Joseph in the Old Testament. You remember the story of Joseph. His brothers, you know, get jealous and take them out and want to kill him, but then they just throw him in a pit and leave him there and think, ah, whatever. He ends up being over everybody. I mean, it's just an amazing story. But Joseph understood that as he trusted God, he would work all this together for good. Don't ever lose that, that trust in a sovereign God. Secondly, to give thanks to God, we must realize that God loves us and he's always looking out for our eternal benefit. God loves us and he's always looking out for our eternal benefit. If you turn over to 2 Corinthians 4.17, 2 Corinthians 4.17, it says this, For this slight momentary affliction is preparing for us an eternal weight of glory beyond all comparison. 
As we look not to the things that are seen, but to the things that are unseen. For the things that are seen are transient, but the things that are unseen are eternal. 2 Corinthians 4.17 So we have to realize that God loves us and is looking out for our eternal benefits. That's the principle. And you know what? Satan, whenever he has the opportunity, he'll come and he'll whisper in your ear. That's not true. God does not love you. You remember he did that with Job. Remember he tested Job? Job was a rich man. He was wealthy. He was a righteous man. And Satan told God, well, the only reason he's praising you, the only reason he's living a a good life is because you've given him all these toys. Let me go down and mess with Job's head a little bit in his life, and you'll see he'll curse you. And that's exactly what God allowed Satan to do, go to Job. And he lost basically everything he had, everything. The only thing he had left was his wife and three counselors. His wife told him to curse God and die. (laughs) Nice wife, huh? And the three counselors basically looked at Job and said, well, you know what? God obviously doesn't love you, Job. Look at you. Your life's a mess. You've lost everything. You must have done something wrong. But the Bible says that Job was a perfect and upright man. He's one that feared God and shunned evil. And yet Satan came through certain individuals and whispered into Job's ear, you know what? God doesn't love you. (laughs) He did the same thing with Eve, if you think about it, in the garden. Satan was there whispering in Eve's ear, you think God loves you? If God really loved you, he'd let you eat of that tree. Why is he keeping it from you? It's because he doesn't love you, Eve. That's why. Satan said the same thing to Eve. And you know what? Satan will come to you and he'll whisper in your ear. Look at your circumstances. You think God loves you? Would a God of love allow this to happen to you? Pretty soon you find yourself questioning God's care and and the fact that God does love you and that he does look out for your eternal benefit. Remember, that's a lie from Satan that God doesn't love you. He loves you. And he's always looking out for your eternal benefit. Thirdly, if we're to give thanks to God, we must realize that he's wiser than we are. For some of us, that's not too hard to do. (laughs) A lot of people that are wiser than us. In the same way, we have to understand that God is wiser than us. God says, don't do this, you know, or don't do that. We constantly have the, well, why? I want to do this. This is fun. I won't hurt anybody. I'm going to go down this road. Well, you go ahead and do it then, and you're going to bear the consequence. That's what happens time and time again. We forget that God is wiser than us. Well, Jesus asked this question, where are the other nine? That's the question I ask you today. Have you given thanks for all that God has done for you? Are you in good health today? If you are, don't take that for granted. That could change like that. Have you given thanks that we live in a free country? We don't have to worry about people barging in here and arresting us. You know, I I believe shortcoming the day will come when that's not too far off. Do you have clothes on your back? Do you have money in the bank? How did you get here this morning? Did you drive a car? Have you thanked God for the fact that, I mean, that he's blessing our church? Maybe not in big numbers. You know, I, I thank God that this is a church that believes in the teaching and the preaching of God's word that allows me to do what God has called me to do. You know, some churches wouldn't put up with this. Sermons are too long, too much doctrine. You're turning off people. You're offending people. Thank God that we're in a church that stands for the truth. I mean, we are so blessed, beloved, and we forget sometimes to thank him for the little things. If you thank God lately that your sin is forgiven and that there's an inheritance waiting for you in heaven because of your relationship with the living God through Jesus Christ. If you thank God lately that he removed you from the kingdom of darkness and he transported you over and put you, transformed you into the kingdom of light. Have you thanked him lately that he put within you his very Holy Spirit to give you the power to do what he calls you to do? 
We need to be reminded to be like that one leper that came back and thanked the Lord for all that he's done. We don't want to forget what the Lord has done. I want to ask you the question, how do we express gratitude when we don't feel thankful? How do we express gratitude when we don't feel thankful? It's a little clip I want you to watch. Interesting year. We walked through a presidential election process. We voted, debated, and eventually we elected a new president. And how about Wall Street in 2008? There's not a person in here whose financial situation didn't change. Hurricane Hannah and Hurricane Ike leveled our cities and our communities. Then there's the war in Iraq. And no matter what you believe about that war, we all feel it deeply in our hearts. It's like we carry sadness with us every day. People in this very room have experienced the loss of a job, the loss of a loved one, the pain of a divorce, or the embarrassment of a home foreclosure. 2008. Oh yeah, I almost forgot. It's Thanksgiving. You know, that time of year when we're supposed to feel thankful for our many blessings, right? So we try to feel thankful. We know we should, but it's tough to just feel thankful, especially after 2008. But what if we did something different this year? New lenses just for a minute. What if we stopped equating our blessings with our circumstances? Now that might just bear repeating. What if we stopped defining our blessings in terms of our circumstances and began to consider the fact that the real blessing in our lives is that we have a God who is with us no matter what? It would mean that we'd be thankful that he never leaves us and never forsakes us, ever. It would mean that we'd be grateful for worshiping a God who is chasing us and inviting us to chase him. It would mean that we would thank the healer in the middle of the hurt. It would mean that we would express gratitude, not in response to our circumstances, but in response to who he is, period. Gratitude. It's when we realize that we're not entitled to anything. Gratitude, not for our circumstances, but for God's involvement in the middle of them. So what if this year was different? Gratitude for God's presence alone. That might just change everything. Yeah, everything. Happy Thanksgiving. We need to express gratitude for all that God has done. And I can't think of a better time to do that than around the table of communion. I mean, every day we should have a day of thanksgiving. First Corinthians chapter 11, verse 23. The Bible says, For I received from the Lord that which I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus on the same night in which he was betrayed took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, Take, eat, this is my body, which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Now, sometimes we, we tend to forget things. But he says, oh, Do this in remembrance of me. He says, remember this. You know, I don't know where you're at this morning. I don't know what you're thinking about right now. Maybe you're thinking about, boy, that food really made me hungry. And where are we going to eat lunch? <laughs> Maybe you're thinking about, did I leave the iron on at home? But we think about things all the time. And I'm just asking you for the next couple minutes to kind of push those thoughts aside. 
And I want you to think about Jesus. I want you to think about his death. I want you to think about his sacrifice, his resurrection. I want you to remember him. You know, one thing that's pretty clear here is it's hard to remember somebody you never met. It's hard to recall someone you've never had any contact with. If you came up to me and said, hey, do you remember Harold? And I never met Harold, and I don't know Harold. I'm going to have to say, sorry, I don't remember. So the first thing here this morning is, I want to ask you a simple question. Do you know him? Have you put your faith, your trust in Christ? Because you can't remember him if you've never known him. You can't remember someone you've never met. Do you have him living inside you right now? Probably most of us do. But if you don't, You know what? You can. Because the same Jesus that paid the price for your sin, he died on the cross, he rose from the dead. He's right here at this moment. I want to ask you, have you asked him to be, you asked Jesus to be your your Lord, your Savior? Have you committed your life to him? He wants to forgive you of every sin that you ever committed. You can do that right now, even before we take communion. Then you can... Take communion with us because you understand because it says remember him. And for the first time in your life, maybe you'll be able to know who he is. Because Paul continues in verse 27, he says, whoever eats this bread and drinks this cup in an unworthy manner will be guilty of profaning the body and the blood of the Lord. I mean, we're made worthy through the blood of Christ. It's not talking about being worthy in that sense. It's talking about taking communion in an irreverent way, in a frivolous way, in a way that has no meaning to you. It's talking about receiving the elements there, the bread and the the juice, without knowing the God they represent. Communion is a time for believers to remember the Lord's broken body and his shed blood for all people. We're going to have our sharing time after we have our communion. I want to ask the men to come forward and, and go ahead and distribute the bread and Just be thinking about that. Do you know him? And if you do, that's great. If you don't, you can know him right now. You can cry out to him, even in the quietness of this moment. Well, thank you for spending time with us here today on Graceful Truth, the ministry of Grace Bible Church here in Redwood City. It's our prayer here at Graceful Truth that God would reveal His grace to your hearts through the teaching of His Word each week. And we trust you're currently involved in a Bible teaching church in your area. If not, we'd love to have you come and visit us here at Grace Bible Church in Redwood City. We meet each Sunday morning for our praise and worship service at 10 a.m. We offer nursery care and Sunday school classes for our children up to grade 5. And if you would like to encourage us here at Graceful Truth, please give us a call at Grace Bible Church here in Redwood City. Our phone number is 650-366-9923. That's 650-366-9923. We meet at 2225 Euclid Avenue here in Redwood City. Directions are on our website, gracefultruth.org. Or again, simply call 650-366-9923. That's 650-366-9923.
And again, we'd love to have you join us for worship. Simply call for directions or go to our website, gracefultruth.org. While you're at our website, make sure to check out the resource materials available from us here at Graceful Truth, including past programs of Graceful Truth that you can download for free. Gracefultruth.org is where to go. If you're writing to us, our address is 2225 Euclid Avenue. That's 2225 Euclid Avenue. We're here in Redwood City. The zip code is 94061. And again, our phone number is 650-366-9923. That's 650-366-9923. Well, as we close out our time together today, we return the microphone once again to our teacher and pastor, Pastor Steve Converse, with a few closing comments. Thanks, Andy. Well, I trust these past two messages on giving thanks taken out of the Gospel of Luke, chapter 17, has been a real blessing and encouragement to your hearts. If you've yet to place your faith and trust in the Lord Jesus Christ for salvation, won't you cry out to him today? The Bible declares today is the day of salvation. And you know what? That day of salvation can visit you right where you're at, right at this moment. I'd like to take a few moments just to share with you what a dear pastor shared with me when I was all but 19 years old, over 32 years ago, in regards to what the Bible declares about this great salvation. He opened the book of Romans, which was written by the Apostle Paul under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, and he took me first to Romans chapter 3, verse 23, where the Bible declares that all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And that was a big hurdle for me to get over, that I was one of the all in that verse. Beloved, there's not a one of us who has not fallen short in regards to the holiness of God. All means all. But he also shared Romans 6.23 with me as well, which states, the wages of sin is death, spiritual death, separation from God for eternity. But that verse goes on, and here's where we get our hope. It says, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ, our Lord. See, God provided his own son as an atoning sacrifice for our sin. Jesus took our penalty upon himself on Calvary. I couldn't help but wonder if God would accept me if I came to him with the sin in my life. And this pastor assured me that he would because he pointed me to Romans 10:13 that clearly states for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. And I was interested in knowing more about this. How could I obtain this eternal life, this forgiveness through Christ? And in Romans 10, 9, it says that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus, and you, you will believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Well, you can't get any clearer than that. Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. 
That's a promise directly from God to you. Won't you cry out to him today? Lord, be merciful to me, a sinner. That's a prayer that God will answer when it comes from a repentant, humble heart. In closing, I would like to encourage you, if you've come to faith in Christ, please take time to give us a call or send us an email or even a letter to share with us how this program has been a a blessing in your life. Thanks again for listening, and may you and your family be blessed as you prepare for the celebration of the birth of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Well, thank you very much, Steve. And again, friend, thank you for spending time with us here today in God's Word, taking a look at the many reasons that we have to be thankful, even when we don't feel like being thankful. Once again, you're invited to join us for worship Sundays, 10 a.m. We meet at 2225 Euclid Avenue here in Redwood City. Details and directions can be found on our website, gracefultruth.org. That's gracefultruth.org. Or again, simply call us. The phone number is 650-366-9923. Again, that's 650-366-9923. And information and directions can be found again at gracefultruth.org. It's our hope and prayer that our times together each and every week here on the broadcast encourage you in Christ and keep your face set towards Him with an earnest desire to grow in His grace. Thank you again for spending time with us today, and we look forward to seeing you next week at this same time as we'll once again turn our thoughts and our hearts towards Christ that we might see His graceful truth and grow in that grace. Until then, God bless. Thank you.